your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. What a win for the Penguins tonight. That is now five in a row um, for them. And they're now 10 and 2 and 1 in their last 13 games. Also, I should say, Paul, if anyone is watching this on YouTube, I apologize for the glare on the light over here. Um, I'm going to be ordering a new webcam uh, very soon. I'm probably actually I'm going to set a reminder to after I record this episode to order one because I am so tired of the lights making me look like a fool uh, on YouTube. It's just the last couple of episodes, if you like, just my the lighting has not been up to usual um, par. So that's definitely on my checklist, and I will be getting that for you all. Um, really soon. Um, for those that listen on audio, you don't have to deal with that. But um, if you want to um, watch me on video, you can subscribe to the Locked On Penguins uh, YouTube channel. You can just go search Locked On Penguins on there and voila. But my biggest takeaway, I think, from this game, so we're going to do the takeaways in this first segment, um, going to some other stuff in the second and third segment, such as you know the play of Tristan Jari, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, um, but for this first one, we're going to do the takeaways. My first one for that um, is just the the Penguins took care of business, and I know it's it's anything can happen in sports when you play a lowly team. The Penguins have lost to Montreal once this year. I know they won they've won the season series two out of three. They've also lost to Buffalo one time. They've lost to Ottawa. You know they've lost to a couple other bad teams as well. But tonight they made sure not to lose to Montreal. For a second time, they banked those two points when they badly needed them in a 5-2 victory. I know it wasn't the best of starts. I thought those first 10 minutes were anything but crisp, um, at least in my opinion for the Penguins. They were missing a lot of their passes, really sloppy play. But after that, those next 50 minutes, they really turned it on, outshot Montreal um, quite a bit in the second and the third periods. And um, overall, Pittsburgh took it to them. In that second period, I know they gave up a lot in the third period, but a lot of that had to do with Montreal being two or three goals down. I think Pittsburgh was kind of just playing, I wouldn't say prevent defense, but they were turtling um, a bit. And that's expected. You kind of just want, you're waiting for the final whistle to blow. But still, you know, this is, you score five goals against a bad team. Montreal did not have Brendan Gallagher in there, Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Joel Edmondson, obviously no Shea Weber, no Carey Price, Paul Byron's not on the lineup. Um, just they were missing a hell of a lot of players, um, and Pittsburgh made them pay, um, and then some. It was really nice to see Rodriguez get another goal tonight. I mean, he's on a 60 point pace this season. It's ridiculous because no one, not even myself, um, saw this coming from from Erod. I mean, this guy's making 700k. Everyone before the season was like, you know what, you know, we'd be cool with 25 to 30 points in a bottom six role, right? Dude's coming out here and producing at a 55 to 60 point level. So um, if he keeps this up for the rest of the year and who, who knows if he does, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams lining up to pay him quite a lot of money um, next July. Uh, that's for sure. But, you know, th- also uh, another one of my biggest takeaways from this one, we finally, the Penguins that is, 
got goals from defensemen. And it's about freaking time. Here's a stat that I'll throw out there for you all. This was the first time the Penguins have gotten a goal from one of their defensemen in over a month. Early November was the last time they got a goal from one of their defensemen. It, it is crazy that it has been that long um, since they got a goal um, since uh, well, for one of their defensemen. Excuse me. Prior to um, Mike Matheson scoring tonight and then Brian Dumoulin, the Penguins only had four goals from their defensemen all year. That, that just goes to show how they just really have not been getting enough offense um, from the blue line. It's something that I've discussed a couple times on, on this podcast. I know some other people on different outlets have discussed it more, but um, it was a little bit of a problem, but um, it got rectified a little bit tonight. Just a really nice shot from Matheson. We're, we're going to get to him actually right after this with one of my takeaways. And then Brian Dumoulin gets his first of the year. You, there's not many better things in Penguins hockey than watching the big man Brian Dumoulin get a goal just because it's so rare when he does it. So um, just a really big rip from him from the point. Cindy Crosby extends his point streak. So he continues to kill it. Now to my next takeaway, this was the peak Mike Matheson performance. So you have the amazing spinorama move where he, I think he was setting up, I, I want to say it was Evan Rodriguez in the first period, um, Rob Point Blake by Jake Allen. Um, if it wasn't Rodriguez, I think it was Kapanen. Um, I, I'm going to have to double check that. Um, but has this amazing spinorama move, sets up a penguin for a chance, then gives it all back the other way for Montreal's first goal, leaving Jonathan Drouin all in front and basically doing a weird spinorama pass, which led to that turnover. Then he scores the goal. So again, this was the total peak Mike Matheson performance. You are, th th this is what he does um, when it's full chaos. He's always been the full chaos player. He will do something that will, you will be like, Oh my God, that's insane. And then he'll also do something where it's like, Oh my God, can you please never do that again? We saw both of those tonight and Oh Yeah. He scored a goal on a really nice shot past Jake Allen. This is what you get with Mike Matheson. You take the good with the bad. I know there's usually more bad than good with him. I know he's good at moving the puck as well. But, I mean, th this is what you're going to get with him uh, on a yearly basis. So, you know, uh, everyone might as well just get used to it, um, I think, at this point. Um, Tristan Jari, I thought he played phenomenal in this one. The two goals – um, I really can't blame him. The Drew angle was really just a beautiful move in front of the net. And then the second one, oh, I forgot to mention this one for Mike Matheson. He then, after the goal, stands in front of Tristan Jari where he can't see the puck. And then Montreal scores with three seconds left in the second period off one, one of the rookie defensemen who gets his first uh, career NHL goal and only his fourth uh, career game. So congrats to him. But Jari probably would have had an easy save there if Mike Madison decided to not stand in front of Jari and allow him to play his position. But for some reason, um, he decided to, again, stand right in front of him. There was really no need to because I don't think that other Montreal player was going to deflect it. And, you know, Jari just can't see the puck. So, I mean, so that, that those four things right there sum up a Mike Matheson game. That's what you're going to get. And I hope everyone starts to get used to it sooner rather than later, excuse me. But uh, Jari did make uh, some pretty big saves throughout this game. I know he kind of got bailed out with a lot of posts. Uh, Montreal hit five posts in this game, believe it or not. I mean, that's just crazy to say. But, excuse me, 
Um, just a, another really strong performance from him. He came into the day sixth in goal saved above expected. Um, I would expect him to stay right around there going into tomorrow um, via moneypuck.com. So um, those are really my main takeaways um, from this one. You know, I already touched on Evan Rodriguez, of course. Uh, nice to see Brian Boyle get on the board. That was only his third goal um, of the season. And Obviously, if this team does get healthy, he's probably not going to be in the starting lineup. We already had seen him start to be scratched with the team having everyone in the lineup except for Evgeny Malkin. I think once this team does get Gino, Brian Rust, and Jake Ensel back, I just don't see a place um, for Brian Boyle in the lineup. But still, that snipe that he had past Allen, uh, what a rip. Um, just you know, gets it in the right above the right circle, <clears throat> fires at blocker side, top cheese. Um, nothing you can the goalie can do. Um, about that one. So really nice to see him get back on the offensive score sheet. It, it had been, I believe, over a month since he scored as well. So it, it's always nice when you have um, someone that is an extra uh, when the team is fully healthy, of course, um, start to score. But those are my main takeaways um, from this game, at least. I mean, there. I mean, it's just I'm trying to really figure out the words here. I mean, you really can't read too much into it just because this is a team that the Penguins are expected to beat. That said, this team still is really good. They're, they've won five in a row. They won five in a row before their little three-game mishap. In front of this 13-game stretch, they're one of the hottest teams in hockey right now. Actually, um, during this 13-game stretch, no team has more points um, than the Penguins. So technically, they are the hottest team in hockey right now. They continue to um, stay ahead of the field in the <clears> – they continue to stay ahead of the field, excuse me, in the playoff race, they're six points up on the ninth place team in the Eastern Conference right now. And again, these next four games for Pittsburgh present a really big opportunity for them to continue to bank points. They're still within striking distance of the top three in the Metro of New York, Carolina, and Washington. Um, they play Buffalo coming up at home on Friday. Then they go to New Jersey. They come home to play New Jersey again, kind of like the setup that we saw last year with a home and home. And then they have Philadelphia before the Christmas break. I'm not sure if Evgeny Malkin will play in one of those four games. Um, but if he takes contact one of these next couple of days, um, it would seem to be uh, more likely than not that Gino will suit up here um, at some point. But still a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast, including the power play mishaps because – um, don't really know what's going on there, especially on the five on three. A couple of Chris Letang stats to throw out, throw out at you all. A, a Chris Letang contract extension update. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give my thoughts on the tweet that I saw uh, from Peter LeBron of TSN um, and a couple other things as well. But before we get to that, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. You can get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free five gigabyte phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes of any podcast that you want. It's all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. That is Boost Mobile. There is a disclaimer. The free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks, see boostmobile.com for details. Now, the holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift can be tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. They have all kinds of steaks 
on their website. You can send someone a ribeye, a New York strip, a prime rib, filet mignon, whatever steak you want. Heck, there's even chicken on there that you can send people for the holidays for a nice dinner. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you will get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use that code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so do not wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Remember, achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks, incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com with that keyword one more time, NHL. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So a couple big milestones tonight. Uh, this was Sidney Crosby's 400th career multi-point uh, game. He is the only the 13th player to do that in NHL history. Um, 11 of the tw- uh, uh, previous 12 were in the Hockey Hall of Fame. The other one that's not... Yarma Yager, because of course he is still somehow playing. He he his jersey will be in the rafters whenever he stops playing. But you know I think it'll be another 15 years at this point um, from Yager. So congratulations to Sid on that. Continues to um, set more milestones. He's one of the greatest players to ever play this game, um, in my opinion. He'll be on Hockey's Mount Rushmore when it's all said and done. Chris Letang, 600 career points. Congratulations to him. The best pure defenseman in this franchise's history. I know Paul Coffey played here for so many years, but I'll say it. Um, I'll say it again for those of, that have not heard me say it. In terms of a franchise defenseman, um, there has not been a better one um, than Latang, both offensively and defensively. And we also got a contract update from uh, TSN's Pierre LeBrun when basically during the intermission report. Um, of Penguins Habs. The, the original tweet came courtesy um, of Danny Shibri of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And he put out that LeBron said that the Penguins are interested in extending Crystal Tang, but on a shorter term deal. Um, LeBron also says that Latang believes that he can play forever and would want something longer term. Okay. So my thoughts on that I would personally offer Chris Latang a four to five year deal. And see if he bites. Because Latang right now makes $7.25 million. He signed that contract back in 2013 when Ray Shiro was the general manager. I would give him four to five years around that cap number, if not a bit lower. Um, I, I don't know if he's worth that kind of money at this point. Even though he is playing at a really high level, you could certainly argue it. But um, do you really want that cap hit You know, to stay that way? as he gets into ages, you know, 36, you know, 37, 38, heck, maybe even 39 or 40, his level of play will definitely dip um, for those years. So what I would do, um, again, four to five years, maybe if you can get him for six to six and a half million per, um, that would be a really good contract. Um, I personally am not interested in a seven to eight year term. Um, We all saw what just happened with Nicholas Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin. Um, especially with Ovi, he just signed the, his last contract that will take him to the end of his career in Washington. That was, what, a five-year deal? I know a, a lot more money um, than what Latang is going to get. But still, that's probably something with what you're looking at um, term-wise, you know, four to five years, 
six to eight. That that's just that I disagree. If Ron Hexon and Brian Burke would do that, so I'm not surprised that they would be looking at something shorter term. I mean, it makes sense because he is in his mid 30s now. I would assume they were they're going to try to do the same with Evgeny Malkin, maybe something four to five years. Um, that said, they got to find a way to get both of these players not lo- locked up. Excuse me, not just one. I mean, these are two of your core players. They've been with the organization since they were drafted. They've been with them you know for as long as Sid has been here you you don't want to, if you're breaking up um one or two of these players from the core that just signals to me that I mean you're kind of going to be rebuilding at least because if one or both of them leave after the season um you really don't have anyone that can step in you know that's a prospect someone from Oakley or even someone that's on the team um and can give that same value that that player brought to the lineup on an every night basis. So hopefully Pittsburgh will be able to figure out some, something sooner rather than later with both Latang and Malkin. But I figured I would share that update with you all in case um, some of you all did not see it um, on TSN or did not see Danny's tweet that he had uh, during the intermission report. So yeah, four to five years, six to six and a half million per if you can. But if it is seven, um, I, I wouldn't be too thrilled with it, but I would be able to live with it considering what Crystal Tang has done for this franchise. He's the best defenseman um, in this franchise's history. And, you know, he had another really strong game tonight as well. It's just, he's gotten so much better these last few years at really just defending his own zone, was making the right play with the puck every time. I mean, I said it last week, I'll say it again. As he gets older, I also feels like I, it also feels like he gets younger at the same time with the plays that he's making on an every night basis. Um, this is some extraordinary hockey that we're seeing from him right now, and I really hope people do not take it for granted because uh, it is going to be weird when he is eventually not on this team anymore. Now, for the special teams, uh, you have the good and the bad. The good, obviously, the penalty kill, sensational. It has been also a full month since the Penguins have given up a power play goal, um, which is just crazy to say. You know, This is now 32 straight penalty kills. By the Penguins, it's just, it's extraordinary. I mean, to be honest with you all, that they keep um, killing penalties at a rate um, this good. And the best part, they're not even giving up a lot of high-quality chances when um, they're down a man. I mean, sure, Tristan Jari is making a lot of good saves, but, you know, he really hasn't had to, you know, sweat his tail off making those saves because the PKers have made it, you know, easier for him um, than it was last year where the unit was just absolutely terrible. So um, obviously Montreal ne- does not have a good power play. They have one of the worst units in the league. But to see them continue this streak is nothing short of awesome. Now for the power play, just a – I don't know what's going on with with the five-on-threes that they get. They had a buck 43 of a five-on-three tonight. Yes, I understand that Jay Kensel is not out there. Brian Russ is not out there. Evgeny Malkin is not out there. That said, Montreal has the worst penalty kill in the league. You should be able to get a goal um, with 103 seconds um, up two men. I mean, that's just – that's how it should be. But the thing was they weren't even getting good scoring chances during that five-on-three. I mean, the puck was also bouncing off Evan Rodriguez's stick quite a bit. You know, the passes weren't crisp. A lot of the shots were being taken from the point. Um, just they were not getting to those high danger scoring areas that you know they have in the past with these situations. And you know, I don't know what the fix is. I guess it's maybe just to get healthy, but it, it is weird because it seems like you know, when they get a four on three or something like that in overtime, 
they do a lot better with that. But yet in a five on three, they can't score a power play goal. Um, it's something that I really don't understand. Um, I, I, again, I, I just I think it's a combination of things with their, or they're overpassing. They're trying to be too cute, looking for the perfect play. But it's also that they're just they're not getting back to the basics and getting to those high danger areas where you know you know they're parked in front of the net, you know, right at the dots and every everything like that. So um, I'm sure they'll have to do some more work on the five on three in practice. Hopefully, I mean, it'll get better once Evgeny Malkin comes back. But that wraps up this second segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next one, um, we're going to go around the league a little bit, but also preview. I'll do a little preview of the game against Buffalo. Um, that's on Friday. The Penguins have uh, the next two days off before their game at home at PPG Paints Arena. Um, before we do that, though, founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic, excuse me, alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in-style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and enjoy 15% off your first purchase. I mean, you know, some of my favorite designs, Batman, I'm a huge sucker for them. Star Wars, especially with the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba that comes out in a couple weeks. Um, Marvel, anything Disney, Lord of the Rings. Um, th- those are the ones, you know, that I personally um, wear the most socks wise um, when I just want to have fun. Um, and stuff like that, just, you know, just going out to like a fun bar or whatever, but, um, register for an account at stance.com, get 50% off your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. I wish I had more to touch on about this game, but there really wasn't much else um, to discuss other than the topics that I brought up um, on the show. I think I, I saw this tweet from Danny earlier on in the day. You know, he, he asked, you know, for everyone's top three penguins MVPs this year. Um, for mine, I would go Jake Gensel, number one, Tristan Jari, number two. Evan Rodriguez, number three, and a nice honorary mention to Mike Sullivan because he has done a tremendous job. I'm sure he's probably not, not even going to be nominated for the Jack Adams, which is an absolute joke, but this is some of his finest coaching work yet, especially with dealing with the huge COVID outbreak. And speaking of COVID outbreaks, I mean, today was a banner day for that with just the NBA, NFL, and the NHL having so many players test positive. I, ho- I hope all these players um, get better ASAP. I'm not sure if the season is going to be put on pause or something. Um, I think the NHL and the NHLPA doctors are having a call tonight to see if they have to change some of their protocols. Um, I can't see that happening in terms of a pause, but I could see some tighter protocols um, being put into play. But you know, again, going back to what I was saying about Sullivan, just with dealing with that, all the injuries that he's had to deal with as well, just another one of his finest coaching performances yet. Um, and there's going to be a day very soon, I'm sure, where we're all going to be missing Sully because he is just a tremendous coach. There are not three coaches better in the league than him at this point. Another honorary mention, 
uh, Marcus Pedersen and John Marino. Uh, Marino has been um, really good, I think, this season. Not, not enough people, I think, are talking about it. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been scoring a lot. This is the first year of that mega extension that Jim Rutherford signed him to um, about a year ago. But he's playing really good defensively. He did have that play against Washington, that beautiful feed to Danton Heinen, where he was being a bit more active in the offensive zone. I want to see more of that from John, but he's been steady as he goes with his usual partner, Marcus Pedersen. He's not having to carry around Mike Matheson's corpse on a nightly basis. Just a really strong performance um, so far from Marino. And then, you know, the same with Pedersen. They, they mesh well together. Marcus has been great in front of the net, great in his defensive zone. I know he hasn't provided a lot of offense yet this year either, but you're not paying him for his offense. They have Crystal Tang who can drive that. Mike Madison can do that in some degree. John Marino has been driving a little more offense um, so far this year. But, well, compared to last year, I should say. He's not driving a lot of offense, but compared to last year, um, it is a bit better. But, again, you're not paying Pedersen to drive a lot of offense. You're paying him for his defensive ability. He has been really good in that department. Has some of the best underlying numbers um, metrics-wise defensively on the team. So um, those would be my honorary mentions for players. And then... Obviously, I I almost thought I did not say Jake Gensel, but he was the first one I talked about. So I have no idea what the heck I'm saying anymore. It's just that just goes to show that I'm getting a bit tired as we near the end um, of this episode. Then, of course, Mike Sullivan, who I already um, touched on. But coming up soon, this is just a, a like a minute preview for the game on Friday. We're going to do a much deeper preview coming up later this week. Penguins have Buffalo. Uh, The Sabres only have 47% of the expected goals this year per money puck and only 44% of the actual goals. This is per um, five on five. They had a nice start to the season, but um, they've definitely gone um, downhill a little bit. I mean, and that's to be expected. They they weren't going to keep this up. They don't have the talent to compete with a lot of other teams on a nightly basis. They're eight and 15 and four. Hopefully the Penguins will not get Dustin Tokarski like they did last time because I know they didn't play well in those first 40 minutes, but they sure brought it in that last 20 and outshot Buffalo pretty badly in that final frame. Um, They cut the lead in half, but the only reason they didn't tie the game and they had numerous chances to do that was because of the play of Tokarski. So not sure if he'll be playing that, but um, assuming – what, what I was, oh my God, I just stuttered so badly at what I was going to say. Um, but um, I'm, I'm totally blanking on this last sentence. Usually in this point, I would pause what I was going to say. So you're getting some great um, podcast stuff right now. Um, but after what he did last time, there we go. Um, I would assume Don Granado will go back to him um, for this game. Okay, there we go. I got it. That was probably very painful to listen to. I apologize for that. But hey, you know, I appreciate everyone that listens um, to this podcast. So thank you all so much for listening and watching to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll have another one for you all on Wednesday. Big win for Pittsburgh, five in a row, 10 and two and one in their last 13. They're in that first wildcard spot trying to make a run for that top three. We'll see if they can make it six in a row on Friday against Buffalo at home. I'll see you all on the other side.